This is the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, episode 141. Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Weekly motivation and language learning tips to help you become fluent in any language. Now, here's your host, Ollie Richards. Okay, okay, okay. Welcome back to the podcast. Very excited to have you here wherever you are in the world, north, south, east or west. We've got a very exciting new series, a new three-part series for you today, all about how to master your memory. Wouldn't it be nice if you didn't have to forget all of these words that you're trying to learn? <laughs> it would indeed. So that's what we're going to be talking about for the next three episodes. You know, back in um, 48, 49, 50, three episodes um, there, I did a little mini series on time management. And I know that many of you really appreciated that and um, got a lot of value from that because I think we get to go into some depth over the course of three episodes. So really excited to do that today for memory. I'm going to get right in, but before we do that, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show, the people who help keep the show on the road, so to speak, which is italki, and it's the best place, in my view, to get language lessons with native speaker teachers of the language that you're learning. And if you'd like to get a free lesson, in fact, it's $10 of free credit uh, when you sign up, you can go to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free lesson. So, memory. I think if you, if you did a straw poll of people learning languages, memory would be one of those things that comes top of the list because it's really frustrating. And people, even, you know, trained memory masters and people with who have really worked hard on their memory over the years still forget things. And this is the starting point really today, because if you forget stuff and if you're not satisfied with your memory, that's totally normal. It's to, it's to be expected. I think what distinguishes really great language learners, really effective language learners, I guess, from everybody else is that they accept, they accept that their memory is not perfect. And bearing that in mind, they kind of try to stack the odds in their favor by doing certain things. So if you've ever felt that you kind of spend ages learning new words, but they never seem to stick, or maybe you recognize a word when you see it on paper or when you hear it but then as soon as it comes to conversations you just kind of draw a blank or maybe you kind of like you don't have any system any particular system for learning new words and it kind of you just end up feeling that you're always wasting your time or just clutching at straws then this is hopefully going to bring a little bit of clarity to you it's not the fault of your memory okay your memory is amazing our brains are amazing you know think about it you in the language that you're learning you probably remember a, a ton of vocabulary stuff that you maybe you saw once in a in a book maybe when you were a complete beginner that you still remember now okay um, so you do remember lots of things they just more often than not they're just not the ones that you want to be remembering right often when you kind of when you despite all the studying that you do when you actually come to speak everything just gets a little bit confused and you just can't access the words that you've been trying to learn and trying to study so we need to start off by saying that it's not a problem with your memory your memory is amazing what you lack is a reliable system for harnessing your memory and practicing it in such a way that um, not only that you can actually reliably remember new words and phrases and and the words and phrases that you want to remember but also that means that you can practice them in such a way that you can actually use them in conversation, recall them on demand. 
so that it's not just a kind of memory exercise, but it actually helps you speak the language more fluently at the same time. And it's perfectly possible to do this with a bit of training. I think one of the things about memory is that, you know, I would guess that you have never done any memory training, or you've never actively tried to improve your memory or learn about your memory. Am I right? I mean, I know I certainly haven't. I've just kind of developed this stuff over many, many years of of paying attention and, and teaching, really. Most of us have never done any specific dedicated memory training. Um, and so, really, it's little wonder that we don't have great memories often. <laughs> we, just have, we just haven't worked on it. So, again, this is what we're going to try to talk about in these episodes here. I'm going to... These, these three episodes are going to cover a technique that I've developed, or a way of thinking about memory that I've developed called the ART technique, A-R-T. And I like this... Uh, acronym because it, it makes you think of the art of memory right art and it stands for three things that we'll, we'll cover in these uh, in these three episodes um so we're going to look at this art technique and we're going to look at how to apply it to your language learning as well so that rather than like telling you how to memorize stuff it's more so that you can discover how your own memory works and then combine that with a sensible system um, and the system is super important because it, it stops the ups and downs of daily life really getting in the way Often we can actually study quite effectively, but if you can't keep it up, and if you let you know your daily life um, overwhelm you or get out of control, that can easily sabotage um, any any good studying that you're doing. All right, um, I said for me, I I found that a lot of these things are super connected. You know, the the better that I have got at controlling my time the better my memory ends up being, the faster I improve in my languages. You know? So it's all, it's all related. And the journey of becoming a good language learner is just understanding all of these things. English, according to an estimate in 2014, has 1,025,109 words. Okay, now that's uh, obviously an estimate. The point is, it got a lot of words, well over a million words. Right? But did you know that the top... 1,000 words in English, the most frequent 1,000 words in English, account for 85% of all words that are used. And this is done using certain corpora, um, which uh, are kind of huge collections of of texts of different kinds. So I'll just repeat that. English has over a million words, but 85% of the words that we actually use on a regular basis are accounted for by only 1,000 of those words. So what's the implication for this? What does this mean for you as a language learner? Well, obviously what it means is that if you're not careful, you can spend all of your time learning words that you'll never actually use. All right. On the flip side, if you learn the right words, and by right words, I mean the words that which are likely to come up, that you're likely to use, um, obviously beginning with these top 1000 words, um, then you are, you've got a huge boost. And that's clearly the shortcut. If you imagine that you take um, an old textbook, which uses a lot of literary language, and you spend all of your time memorizing hundreds of words from that textbook, if they are not words that we actually use in conversation, then it makes sense that all that study in that textbook is not going to contribute one bit to your fluency. I mean, you, you will learn other stuff. You'll learn about how the language works, but the vocabulary in itself, you will not need to use. Okay, so the you need to be selective about the words that you choose to learn. Some words stick naturally, 
And that's great. It's always cool when that happens, but you can't rely on that. So the point of this, what we're talking about today, is that you need to have some kind of system to account for all of the stuff that doesn't stick naturally. And for all the stuff that doesn't stick naturally, which is most things, let's be honest, is most vocabulary doesn't stick. Um, that This is the point where you have to be selective. So the first principle in memory is that before we even get to the memory stuff, the first big decision you have to make is what words are you actually going to choose to learn? All right, learn the wrong stuff. It won't contribute to your fluency at all. Learn the right stuff. You'll suddenly find yourself with the with vocabulary that you'll want to use all the time. All right. That, hopefully that that makes sense. It's fairly intuitive. This you've only got a finite finite amount of time to study. You can't study for a million hours a day. And even if you could, you wouldn't be able to concentrate for that time. So with the limited time that you've got, you've got to make sure that you choose vocabulary to learn that makes sense. Now, the tricky bit can sometimes be deciding which words to learn. Now, I could go into a lot of depth about this. I've, I've spoken about it a lot before, made videos and things. But the basic principle is, as you're studying your target language, you will encounter a large amount of new words. Okay, Just pick up a textbook or browse the internet. You're going to find a lot of new vocabulary. Your, essentially, your job is to look at these texts that you're reading or the language that you're listening to and to think to yourself, of all of this vocabulary, what is going to be the most useful for me? What is going to be the most useful for me? Now, again, your brain might remember some of it naturally, but we need a system so that we can actually memorize things more reliably. Now, I mean, I, I, for me, I, the reason that I learn languages is generally to speak with people. I like uh, yeah, conversation in the language I'm learning is my main goal. So when I'm thinking about this question, what vocabulary is going to be most useful for me? I'm basically thinking to myself, what am I most likely to want to say? in the language? Or what am I most likely to hear on a regular basis? So I think about, for example, in the case of Cantonese, I think about how, where and when I actually speak Cantonese. And then I think, okay, of all of these 100 new words, which ones am I most likely to either hear or to need when I'm speaking? And those are the ones that I make the decision to, to learn. Okay, So this is where art comes in, A-R-T. The art of memory, it's an acronym, like I said, that's going to help you hopefully when you, you know, moving forward, when you start to, when you think about memory, when you ponder the whole thing of memory or wonder how you can remember stuff, this acronym is going to help you come back to it and hopefully remember all the things that you should be doing. So let's talk about the A in art. What is A? I actually sent a tweet out recently uh, saying that, uh, talking about this acronym and kind of teasing people and saying, um, uh, you know, what do you think this stands for? And people were going a little bit crazy. They really wanted to know what it was. So I tried to put you out of your misery. The A in art stands for attention. Yes, attention. The first stage of attention is to select the words that you want to memorize. Okay, so from the entire text that you're reading or whatever, you need to bring your attention to those words and actually kind of declare to yourself, right, I intend to learn and memorize these words. All right, so we've talked about this already. This is the first stage of attention you know, you can just read and read and read and listen and listen and listen. And that's great. But the way to upgrade it is to take more responsibility and make more of a conscious decision. And so the first step in the attention process is to say, right, I have, I make a conscious decision that I want to learn and memorize these words. 
Now, the next step of attention is actually to bring your attention to those individual words that you've decided to learn. Okay, so you've decided which words from this text you're going to learn. Maybe there are 10 of them, for example. And then you're going to need to go through each of these words and bring your full attention to each word. Now, what I do when I when I do this is is typically I just spend some time looking at the word. <laughs> That's kind of what it is. I'm just staring at it. I'm reading it out loud. I'm kind of being mindful of this word and doing every, just playing with the word and trying everything I can to create some kind of association. Some people actually, when I put out that tweet about art, some people said A stands for association and it could easily do. Um, but for me, this is all part of the larger umbrella, which is attention. So once we have placed our attention on one word, then we need to create associations. So you ask yourself, for example, does it sound similar to another word that you might know, either in that language, in your mother tongue, or, or in any other language. The more languages you know, the easier this gets, actually. You can kind of, um, you can learn a, a word which sounds very similar to to words in uh, different languages that you know help you kind of create these anchors in your mind. So look at the word, say it out loud, think about the sounds. Do any, does any part of this word sound like anything else that you know? So if the full word doesn't present any associations for you, well, how about part of the word? How about the first syllable or the last syllable? doesn't matter. Like You're looking for, for, for ways to relate this to something else tangible that's part of your life. Okay, so think about, other, think about your, your life in general, things that have happened to you. Are there any things in your life that you can relate this word to in any way? And you've got to look for anything you can, however small, that you can use to take this brand new word and make it tangible in some way. So to give you an example, I remember learning the word for delicious in Thai, which is aroi. And the, as I kind of said that word over and over to myself, I started to make a few associations. But there were quite a few associations that started to leap out at me. First of all, aroi, aro, aro sounds a little bit like aroma the aroma of the food, which is delicious. And that was strong enough. But also there was something about the last syllable, the oi from aroi, oi, oi. It kind of created this, I don't know, I don't know where it's from. I can't explain it, but it created this impression of delicious food in my mind. And this could be from another language or from something else in my life. I have no idea, but that kind of stuck with me. And so I just embraced it. And those associations there from the way the word sounded just was enough to help it stick in my mind. There was also a, a word recently, a Cantonese word, which is tinzan, which means naive. And this was, it took me a while to remember this actually, but eventually I'd, I ended up thinking um, that okay, tin can also mean sky. And so I thought about someone with their head in the clouds, right? <laughs> a kind of naive person with their head in the clouds. And then zan can also mean truth. And a naive person often is kind of just like so pure in the way they think that they don't stop to second guess themselves, right? So this kind of this image of sky and truth helped me remember, latch onto this kind of intangible word, naive. So you've got to look for associations of some kind and there is no magic formula for this, but it does get easier with practice. The onus is on you to really look at these words and think about these words. I, now I've specifically here given you two examples from two Asian languages, which are like typically much harder 
to memorize vocabulary in than um, European languages. Uh, and I did that to kind of demonstrate that, you know, whatever language you're learning, there will be weird sounding words. Okay, tinzan doesn't sound like anything in English. <laughs> and, you know, you've got the tones to remember as well. Um, so you've just got to really think deeply and try to create something, some kind of association that will help you remember it, however small. Okay, so the first part, the first stage in art was to bring our attention to the text and decide which words we're going to learn. The second part of attention was to create associations. Okay, how can we... How can we relate this new word to other things in our life, other memories, thoughts, or ideas we have? The next stage is to go beyond the word and take it out into the sentence. So look at the sentence that this new word is in and try to relate the word to other words or parts of that sentence. This is important because words never exist in isolation, right? We're talking about memory here, and I might be giving the impression that we're talking only about single words, but really this is a process, and you need to look at the way that the words behave in the sentence and with other words. And often what you'll find is other words in the sentence really help you um, make sense of and remember a new word. So if you're learning English, for example, and you come across the word risk, maybe that's new for you, you might look earlier on in the sentence and find a verb that goes with the noun risk and that verb will probably be take because in English we always say to take a risk we don't say make a risk or have a risk we might do I guess but generally the collocation is take a risk so if you can look for these patterns and look for other things that the word that this new word is associated with that's going to make it much easier for you to then form these connections in your mind and then remember the words right so always look at the context that the word is in and see what you can do to, again, create these stronger ties in your brain. Now, this is all quite intangible, and I get that. But the, the brain and the mind and the memory is an intangible thing. Why do we remember some things and not others? Usually in our own lives, the stuff that we remember is down to emotion, right? I know <laughs> I'm often told that when I talk about previous countries that I lived in, like Japan, for example, I only remember the good things and I forget the bad things. <laughs> um, I, I selectively forget the stuff that I didn't like about Japan and just tend to remember the good things like the food. Um, our memories are like that. And so you've got to, with this whole memory thing, you've got to engage with the vocabulary, with the vocabulary on an emotional level, which is why I'm talking about trying to create these associations between the word and the rest of your life. Okay. So. That is the first part of art. In the next episode, we're going to talk about R and what R stands for. You can take a guess, maybe. If you, if you think you know the answer, you could head over to the show notes, um, <laughs> which will be at uh, iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash episode 141 and let me know what you think it's going to be. But for now, between uh, this and the next episode, what I'd like you to do is to go through a text that you've got bring your attention to it, decide which vocabulary items you should learn, which are going to be most useful to you, and then really spend some time with them. Go into depth and try to create these strong associations. Okay, That's your homework for, <laughs> for this episode, and I'll see you back in a couple of days for part two of this series. Hope you enjoyed that. See you in the next episode.